big shout, one more big praise. Amen. Amen. Well, we, we got to roll this morning so I can get through this, but uh, uh, last night I was a little lengthy. So, uh, so that's why you didn't get to go across the aisles and go find somebody and knock them down because we just want to roll. So here's the deal. God has a, a, a purpose for your life. Okay, you just need to wrap your heart and mind around this reality that there's a God-given destiny for each and every one of us, right? God's got a plan, and, and uh, you know, David wrote in the Psalms that, that, uh, that God had had him in his book. There, God's written a book about you, all right? And, and you're in the book, and, and you're not the loser. Come on. You, you know what? When one man said that when you want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, nothing can stop you. And, and what we're learning to do is to align our will, right, with his, right? And, and to go after his plan for our life because we know, it, we have proven that his will for our life is good. His will for our life is perfect. Right? His will for our life is acceptable. Remember Romans 12, 2, that, his, that you'd prove to yourself that God's will is good and acceptable and perfect. Nothing missing. You're not going to lose out when you do life God's way. Matter of fact, you're going you're, you're to experience increase because his plan is to prosper you, not to harm you. His plan is to give you hope and a future. Right? And, and, and you were created to fulfill a dream. Jeremiah 1.5, he said, before I formed you, I knew you. So in other words, he, he said, before I started shaping you, I knew exactly where you were going to fit. It's like God had a dream about the future, and, and then he saw you in it. You're part of his dream. And he, he saw where you're going to fit, and he started shaping you to fit that spot. And then it says he sanctified you. He made you different, right? Set apart, sanctified, set apart. You're not like, you're not like everybody else. Look at somebody tell him, you're a little different. Uh, don't let that bother you. Just let, 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 let that inspire you, right? Because if, if any two of us are identical, one of us is not needed. And it, it's not going to be me. You know, so, okay. So, and then he ordained you or, or empowered you to fulfill his dream. So in reality, you were designed to dream, or probably more correctly, you were designed for the dream. You were shaped by God to fit into his purpose and his plan. Hello. In, in Ephesians 2.10, you can look it up later, read it in Amplified. It says, for we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Somebody say, thank you, I'm new. And, and he said, and it was to do good works that he planned beforehand. You got to get this, right? That he planned beforehand that you would take paths he prepared ahead of time. Prepared, made ready in advance. Ahead of time. Uh, uh, it, it, time, this word time, it's a moment impregnated with purpose. So God saw that moment, and he prepared and made ready in advance the path so that you'd have the collision with his purpose. Dude, I mean, I just love that. Well, yeah, but I've made some mistakes. You are not bigger than God. Okay? The guy next to you, he's made some huge mistakes. Don't look at it. And he said that, you know, that you do good works that he planned beforehand, that you would take paths prepared ahead of time so that you could live the good life that he prearranged and made ready. Let me tell you what God's got ready for it. It's a good life. It's a good life. See, the enemy wants you to focus on all the stuff you don't like. Man, don't worry about the middle. Keep pressing head to the end, right? Why? Because it's already, it's already written out. 
It's already written. You got, you got to get this today. It's already written. Okay? It, it's, a, it's a done deal, and, and you just got to, you got to believe the dream that God's planted in you, and, and, and you, you just got to go after it, and, and align, hear me, man, align your hope with his hope. Well, I hope we make it. You got to get bigger than that. Come on, you got to toughen up, buttercup. Well, I've been through some storms. Everybody's had storms. I hope we can pay our bills. No, you need to start hoping that you can pay the bills of others. Don't, don't, don't hope that you just get enough, because when you got enough, it ain't enough to help people who ain't got enough. You, 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 need, you need to start hoping that you'll be blessed to be a blessing. That's God's, that's God's plan. Man, God's plan is that by thee, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You know, and so you got to start hoping that, that, that God changes your mindset and changes your viewpoint and gets you where he needs you to accomplish his purpose. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11 in the message. He said, I know what I'm doing. Come on, you ain't going to argue with that. God knows what he's doing. He has everything planned out. Check it out. He's got it planned out. It's already written. He's going to take care of you. He's not going to bend you. Check it out. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Don't be hoping for some little future. He's going to give you the future you hope for. Now, I'm not talking about some fantasy you just sit around and dream about you ain't involved in. You see, you have to engage in the future you're hoping for. See, we, we can prove what you're actually hoping for by the lifestyle that you're living. Some of you guys say that you're hoping for prosperity, but the, your lifestyle looks like you're hoping for poverty. Uh, we just hope we can make it. Well, no, you hope you have incredible debt. Uh, I didn't think I'd get a big amen on that, but I didn't think the room would just go, you know, just, that was kind of odd. Okay, uh, we'll just keep moving because of time. So he's going to give you the, the future you hoped for. He's got it planned out. It's already written. Look at 2 Timothy 1.9 in the Amplified. For it is he who's delivered and saved us and called us with a calling in itself holy and leading to holiness to a life of consecration, a vocation of holiness. He did this not because of anything of merit that we had done, but because of and to further his own purpose. He saved us and called us. To fit his purpose, to, 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 to connect with his dream. See, he, he saved you. You are saved. Come on. Well, you might be sitting there going, well, I'm not sure. Well, before you leave here, we'll make sure. Okay? You're, you're saved. Quit trying to live like you're saved. Live like you're called. You're saved and called. If you live like you're called, that that saved thing would just kind of take care of itself. Because, you know, when, when, you, when you're living like you're saved, then that, that brings up a bunch of rules and regulations. You're just trying to make sure you, you check stuff off the box every day and you get it right, and then you make it say, oh, shoot, got to get born again again. And again and again. And, 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 and it depends on what street you drive up as to whether or not you qualify. You know, you go to one place, and this is acceptable, and you go to another place, and, well, what you, yeah, that, that's no longer good. You've got to change that. No, live like you're called, and let the Holy Spirit convict you and live that lifestyle. Amen? Live, just live that lifestyle. 
Live the way God wants you to live. You'll know it. I mean, as you develop your relationship. Listen, after 30 years, I don't have to ask Shelby some questions. I can just look at her and tell that she does not like what I'm doing. Hello? Uh, you know, you build the relationship with God, and you, you, you really don't got to talk about that stuff that much. You, you just feel it. You go, whoops, okay, I'm going to go. Sorry about that. And just let's do something different. But if you'd live like you're called, it would handle that stuff. And you got to understand, you have to understand you're called to his purpose. Right? So he, he's got that purpose out there, and it's already done. See, a lot of us make a mistake because we keep going to people. You, you know, people are all the time, you know, I, well, I just don't know what the will of God is. Read it. You know, what, what do you think God's plan for my life? And, and you talk to people. See, you never ask a thing the purpose of that thing. You always go to the creator of a thing to find the purpose of a thing. If you ask a other thing the purpose of the thing in which you're inquiring, the thing that you're asking doesn't know the purpose of that thing, so it'll tell you a different purpose than the thing was created for. <sighs> and do you know that when you use anything for a purpose other than it was created for, do you know what that's called? Abnormal use which is where we get the word abuse. You know, when a daddy takes his hand and smacks his kid, feels good, it's abuse. Why? Because his hand wasn't created to slap the kid. His hand was created to protect the kid. It's just abnormal use. You, you, you know, that's, that's how a lot of you guys are getting abused by the enemy. He's leading you into abnormal use. You weren't created for that purpose. You got to get into the word, and the word will begin to activate the dream. What's his plan? Well, you get in the word. Live, that, live out the word. Stay in the word. Read it and repeat it, and read it and repeat it, and read it and repeat it, and read it and repeat it. And, and it'll become a light to your path, right? A lamp. It, it, it'll turn lights on. You'll begin, to, you'll begin to see stuff you couldn't see before. Why? Because God's word is, is, is illuminating your way. You'll hear a word behind thee saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it when you turn to the left or the right. You get into God's word, and, and it's kind of like, it like it pollinates the dream and causes the dream to come alive. See, if, you, if you're unsure of the dream, you just need more of the word. Come on, somebody. I said, you, you just need more of the word. And, and you got to remember Luke 1, 37 says that no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Well, that says nothing is impossible. No thing, two words, no, absolutely none, thing. Is, actually, in the Greek, it's rhema. It's not, even, it's not just logos, it's rhema. So you get a word from God, it's not going to fail. I said it's not going to fail. And so you, you just, you got you to get into that word, right? And you, you, you got to give birth to that dream. And really, if you, if you really stop and think about it, Christmas is just all about miracles and dreams. You, you, you look at the Christmas story, and, and it's all about miracles and dreams and, and, and stuff happening, come, it's coming to pass. And this is a season when, when, when it's just awesome, you know, to kind of rebirth the dream inside of you because God, God put it there. Man, you want to talk about getting a gift. You got a gift. It's the dream. 
Hello, somebody. Let's look at, let's look at a Christmas story. Matthew 1, uh, starting at verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place under these circumstances. Hey, everybody, there's always circumstances. Well, you don't understand my circumstances. There's always Jesus was born under circumstances, and when, when his mother Mary had been promising marriage to Joe, before they came together, before they came together, everybody know what that means? We can go PG-13 on you up in here if you want. We can get this thing. Okay, so before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And verse 19 says that uh, her promised husband, Joe, he being just an upright man, not willing. He was, he was a nice guy. He didn't want to expose her publicly to shame or disgrace her, but he decided to get rid of her Secretly. He's got a plan. Okay? His life has just encountered a crazy circumstance. And so he's, he has a plan. Now check out what happens in verse 20. And it says, but as he was thinking this over and over and over and over and over, I'm telling you, he don't think about nothing else. Right? This thing was, this thing was uh, 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 attacking his mind. You ever had that happen? Got a situation, just came out of nowhere. You're not sure exactly how that's going to work. You know, I know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. Not sure how he's going to do this one. And he's just thinking it, thinking it, thinking it. And an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. He ends up with a dream. Let me tell you, let me just tell you that his dream is about ready to change his plan. Let me tell you, your God dream probably going to change your plans. Right? You, you, you start getting words from God, and, and let me tell you what, stuff's about ready to start changing. And, and, and in the dream, it said, hey, Joe, uh, don't be afraid to take her as your wife. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know the most common commandment in the Bible? Fear not. 365 times there's a fear thou not or be not dismayed, something you know, that, that directs you to a life without fear. Why? Because life can get scary. But people without God are motivated by fear. People with God have peace, right? So, so, so it's more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos. It's not the absence of chaos. It's just that chaos can't disrupt my peace. Amen? And, and uh, uh, it, you know, he said, don't, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take her as your wife. And for, for that which is conceived, that's of the Holy Spirit. You know what? That thing that God's doing in you, that, that's of God. Don't be afraid to believe the dream. I said, don't be afraid to believe the dream. Think about it. Three things, if you like to take notes. Three things really quick uh, uh, that you could write down here. Number one, he had peace enough to rest. You know, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of that chaos, he was, you know, he was resting. You got to have enough, you know what you need to do? Sometimes in the middle of your story, you know what you need to do? Take a nap. Never make a life-changing decision in the middle of chaos, right? Just, just be like Jesus in the middle of the storm. Where'd they find him? He was sleeping in the bottom of the boat. Take a nap. Some of you guys could use a nap. And you're all frazzled. You want everybody to feel sorry for you. Don't go for pity. Go for power. Take a power nap. Okay. So, uh, uh, and the next thing, you know, he had peace enough to rest. He had sense enough to listen. It's, it, it's cool that you got peace, but now you need sense to listen, man. And, and, and number three, he had courage enough to obey. 
You know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's, you got to hear it, but then you got to do it. You, you know, and if you want to obey, well, first you got to listen. If you want to listen and hear, then you're going to have to find rest because I'm telling you, when he's talking to you, it's going to be in whispers. It's a still, small voice, you know, and, and so you, you just got to get some rest. And what the enemy loves to do is disrupt your rest. You know, and that's, that's where the renewed mind comes in because as you continue to renew your mind, you're not conformed to the world, but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind and you've proven that God's will is good, that God's will is perfect, that God's will is acceptable, then none of those other things have the ability to move you like they used to move you. Why? Well, because, because I got a word from God, and the word from God will never fail. And I know that he prearranged and made ready, and he did all this stuff in advance. I know it's already written, so I'm just staying on the trail. Amen? We're just going to stay on the trail. See, you're not free to think anything you want to think. Well, let me tell you what I think. I don't care what you think. There are not enough words in the English dictionary to describe how much. I don't care. I need to hear from God. And, and, and I, I got I to think like God tells me to think. Look at Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, pure, lovely, whatever things are of a good report. Everybody say good report. Oh, say it really loud. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. I don't know how to meditate. Yeah, you do. You call it worry. Take that practice and put it on the good report, right? And and look at the next verse. It says, the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. It's not enough to discover the right thought. You need to do it. Amen? You need to do it. And, And it says, and the God of peace will be with you. So, you know, maybe you're lacking the peace. Well, maybe you need to start doing Hello? So we, we, we got we to we get this thing, man. That's the difference maker is when you start doing it, not just thinking it, right? And, and, well, I'm not very courageous. You know, if you have God in you, when you get God, when you get God, you get joy. When you, when you get God, you get peace. When you get God, you get courage. Maybe you haven't awakened that sleeping giant yet. But if you're in Christ and you got God, I'm telling you something, courage is in there. And it might be time to awaken that thing up. And, and, and you know, and, and how, how do I do this? Well, verse 8 tells us there, he says, you know, hey, let's focus on the good report. Let's focus on the good report, right? The good report. The good report. Ask somebody, you got a good report? You know, we, we're in a culture that just thrives on bad news. Bad news sales, even to us. You know, good news just ain't got the same punch, right? Bad news, such a buzz killer. You know, you, you'd be all, yeah, and then, and then the phone rings. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not, 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 not good. I just, you know, we, we just got some bad news. No, you got a good report. Yeah, that's what you stay in the word. You got a good report, man. It's already written. It's already prearranged. He's made it ready. The good. I, I'm ahead. I'm living the good life. It's already ready. Yeah, but it got bad news. Well, I got a good report. Look at Psalms 112, verse 6. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and you won't be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. 
They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph. In the end, there it is again, in the end. Man, head to the end. It's already written. The end has been declared at the beginning. So, you know, hey, don't let the fear of bad news mess with you. See, a lot of people are shaken, not by bad news itself, but the fear of bad news. It's not the bad news they receive, but it's the bad news they think they might receive. You haven't even heard the bad news yet, and you're already disengaging, right? You're, you're already withdrawing. It's an interesting statement, the fear of bad news. You know, there's certain statements that are like triggers, and you hear them, and immediately, you know, your mind, maybe you're not like me. I, I hear certain, certain statements, and, and immediately, I'm, you know, walls start popping up. Pastor, we need to talk. That's what people say just before they tell me they're leaving. S serious. You know, it's just a weird statement. You know, hey, we need to talk. And then they'll throw this in. But it's, it's not that bad. Well, that means it is bad. <laughs> right? And that, that thing is, is like a relative term. It might not be that bad to them. It could be crazy to us. You know, uh, we, we, we need to talk. It's not that bad. It's not, it's not bad. We, we, we want to invite you to dinner. Just get to dinner. Okay? Save all that other stuff. Because those triggers, you know, it's the fear of bad the fear of bad news. You know, uh, a lot of you guys are, are in the room. You're, you're too young to remember before we had caller ID. But some of us, you know, we had to be very creative. We had what was called answering machines. We didn't use them to collect messages while we were gone. We used them to screen calls while we were home. Come on now, you know you did it. And the phone would ring, and, and you, you know, and because the fear of bad news, you'd, you'd go look and see who it was. And if you wanted, you'd pick it up. Oh, hi, I was just, you know, mowing the lawn. So the first thing you do because of the fear of bad news is lie. And, uh, <laughs> right? You know, we all, we all dealt with hard seasons in life. Sometimes, sometimes you know, uh, in church life, there have been some harder seasons when, you know, man, it wasn't just phones. It was emails and texts. I didn't want to see anything coming in from anybody that had anything to do with church. There are things that you go through in life. There are seasons when it gets kind of hard to deal with all that stuff. And, and, and the fear of bad news, you know, kind of paralyzes you. And, and, but Paul said, hey, deal with that this way. He said, remember, he said, think on the things of a good report. The psalmist said, hey, if, if you're righteous, you'll have no fear of bad news. Let me, let me tell you this. Here's a key for you. You might want to write this down. The, the report you believe is much more important than the news you receive. See, the news you receive can't change the report you believe. I got a good report. Well, we're getting bad news in here. Well, it doesn't matter because I got a great report. I got a word from God. No word from God will ever fail. You know, write this down too. The report you believe determines the future that you're going to experience. Your future experience is determined by the report 
you believe. It's your perspective. See, your perspective has a lot more impact on your experience than reality does. A lot of times people say, well, we believe that, but in reality, and what they start giving you, it's not reality, it's their perspective on the situation. And, uh, you know, we're, we're all kind of like, uh, you know, in our mind, we, we got these little reporters, and, and, and we send them out, and they're gathering information and looking for evidence, and they come back and report to us, and that tells us how we're going to think and how we're going to feel and the choices we're going to make. But in reality, though, what you believe about God and what you, what you know about his, his love and about his character and, and what you know about his goodness, that determines your perspective on life. See, if you know that you know that you know that all things work together for my good, then the bad news thing isn't shaping that. You have a different perspective. See, you, you're looking at the storm going, well, yeah, we're going to get wet and it's going to be windy and that might dictate the way we you know, dress, but it's not going to change the direction we go. Why? Because, because I have a different perspective. It's just like the story. Remember, remember the, the spies that were sent out into the land? And, and uh, uh, you know, check this out. Numbers 13, uh, verse 17. Let's, let's read these for just a minute. Uh, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. And verse 18, and see what the land is like. Check out the land, whether the people who live there, let's see if they're weak or strong or few or many. Verse 19, he said, what, what kind of land is it? Is it a good land or bad land? What kind of towns do they got? Are, are they unwalled or are they fortified? Verse 20, check it out. He said, how's the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are the trees or not? You know, is it, is it tri-cities? <laughs> um, hey, and grab some fruit and... Uh, Grab, grab some fruit and, and bring it back. You know, he wanted to give the people a sneak peek to inspire them. And these guys went in. They were told to go in and size up the situation. They came back and they'd sized up themselves. Anytime you start sizing up yourself, you're going to shrink back. Because as good as you look on the outside, the, 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 great, the great image that you project, it's never as good as the true image that you possess. So you, you, don't want, you don't want to size up yourself. You want to size up the city. You, you know, it's wisdom to size up the situation. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to, I'm going to start a bakery. Well, do you know anything about that? Not really, but I love to make muffins. I'm going to be brave. No, you're going to be broke. Because you, you need to size up, you know, you, you need to size it up, but, but uh, you need that word from God. Look, look at verse 21. Verse 21 is cool. He said, uh, uh, so they went up and they explored the land, and as far as Rehob and toward Lebo, Hamath, hmm, 22, and, and, and they went through the Negev and came upon Hebron where the Ahman, Sashia, Talmai, and the descendants of Anak lived. If you ever need to, if you ever need to clear your throat, Anak. And that's where they live. Hebron had built there a long time earlier. Look at verse 23. Uh, and when they, when they reached the valley of Eskel, they cut off a, a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it. Look at somebody tell them, I got some big grapes. <laughs> keep your mind right. I got, I got some big grapes. Uh, <laughs> come on, keep, keep, keep your mind right. And, and, and uh, 
You guys are horrible. Uh, they, got, they got bigger. Drop, drop, drop down to verse 25. Check this out, 25. At the end of 40 days, they returned. And verse 26, look at this. Uh, and they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community. And, and there they reported to them. They came back with a report. They came back with a report. Here's the fruit. It's good. But the people. See, people don't live in their reality. They live in their perspective. The reality, the grapes, man, that's reality. The, 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 the problem, you know, that's your perspective. They, it, it's your fears. You know, you could be walking around with grapes on your shoulder, but so worried about giants that you never go and get what God's given you. You could be carrying grapes on your shoulder, but so worried about giants that you don't get what God's given you. Well, God ought to give it to me. Well, if you don't have the faith to fight the fight to get in, you won't have the faith to fight the fight to stay in it. So you, you, just, you, you just got to understand this thing, man. I, I, I got to get the right uh, perspective. The promise, that's the reality. But the people, that's, that's a perspective. And, and, you know, and they went on and they, and they just, yeah, the land's good and you're right and all that stuff's there. But, 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 but check it out. They, 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 they came back and they gave this account. We went to the land where you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. Look at verse 28. He said, uh, but the people who live there, they're powerful, and the cities are fortified, and they're large. And we even saw the, the, the descendants of Anak there. And 29, it says that the Amalekites live in, in the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, the Amorites, and they're living up in the hill country, and the Canaanites, and, 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 and the most feared of all, the cellulites are there. And, and, and it's, it's a crazy land. Look at verse 30. Then Caleb. Caleb jumps up and he says, silence the people. And he said, uh, we should go get it. Ratio of two to ten. Caleb and Josh, you know, they're, let's go. The other guys. And remember... Remember, the other guys who, who, had a, who had a negative perspective never made it in. People don't live in their reality. They live in their perspective. Caleb, Caleb said, let's go get it, this thing. Come on. Come on. We, we can do this. We, we, we can do this because, uh, you know, we can. We can. You, you know that, that ratio, 2 to 10? That's, that's your thoughts. See, I, I think the spies are, are our thoughts. And most of us, now some of you, some of you are way, probably way more mature and, and, and healthier than I am. And, and there's other people in the room I think are kind of like me. But some of you guys, you're just happy all the time. It doesn't make any difference what's happened. You're never down. You, you never have a bad thought. But some of us, you know, we've, we've got these spies going out and coming back, and they're bringing back reports. And your future is determined by the report you believe. Hello? They're, they're going to determine whether or not you're moving in or staying out. These guys all saw the same reality. They just believed a different report. They said, we can't, so we won't. And then they died outside their dream. You know, so many people are dying outside their dream, 
and it's not because of their enemy. Man, those guys died outside their dream. They never encountered that enemy. They died outside of their dream because of their perspective regarding that enemy. Well, I, I, I would if I could. No, you could if you would. You, you, you could, you, hey, you, I'm not telling you to go out tomorrow and do this. I'm telling you that, that start pressing into the word of God. Start pressing into the presence of God. Start talking to God. But you, you, could, you could launch your own business. You could buy your own house. You could pay off those debts. Hello, somebody. But look at them. They're stronger than us. When were they given permission to measure their strength? You weren't given permission to measure your own strength. If you measure your strength, you're done. Look at verse 32. They spread among the Israelites a bad report. So, you know, we, dude, you can't find, you read the story, you won't find any bad news. They just came back with a bad report. Fear can turn good news into a bad report. Good news, you're saved and called, called with a holy calling. There's a holy calling on your life. And then you come back with a weird, dumb report. Well, I wasn't planning on being that committed. Sure going to take a lot of time. Good news. Hey, congratulations on that job promotion. Yeah, I know. I will make more money. But, man, now they want me to work more hours. I can afford to pay for the kids to be in soccer, but now I'm so busy I can't go to the game. You know, dude, I was just trying to say Congratulations. Good, good, good news. Good news. We get to impact like 180 families this year through Adopt a Family. That's good news. Yeah, but, you know, we just had one day and Christmas is coming and, you know, it sure costs a lot of money. I just want to choke you out for Jesus. Man, believe the good report. that You've been blessed to be a blessing. Ephesians 6, 8, I think it is, it says that what you make happen for others, God's going to make happen for you. Come on, let's go for this thing. Let's, let's be a blessing to people. Well, I was in a grow group, and, and they, they adopted a family. Adopt your own too? You got like 100 families left that need to be adopted. One way or the other, we're going to make it happen, but you might as well get your fingerprints on it. Hello, somebody. Look at, that. Look at somebody and ask them, what kind of report do you spread? Hey, let me help some of you out. Hey. Some of you guys have had trouble getting second dates. Maybe they don't want to hear about your back pain. You know, I'm just saying, you know, what kind of report do you spread? Uh, See, well, I got bad news. News is what happened. The report is your interpretation of what happened. So make sure, make sure that you have a good Report. The giants are big. Yes, but the grapes are even bigger, and God's bigger than all of it. Hello, somebody. Psalms 112. Remember, we we ain't got no fear of bad news. In bad news, I even got a good report. Hello? Might not be able to change the circumstances, but I can change my reporting style. Hello, somebody. You know, there are people in the room right now who have received tragic, terrible news, yet they believed a good report. A lot of times you hear bad news and you forget the good report. You know what's crazy is these guys, these guys, think about it. These guys, 
in Scripture, over 170 times is the phrase, the land I have given you. They're at the threshold of going in and receiving the promise that they've been raised hearing over and over and over and over and over, and they forgot the report. I have given you the land. Yeah, but we're not there yet. Right, because God goes into your future, and he brings back a report into your present that will encourage you to deal with your present struggle. You got to believe the dream. Amen? Yeah, I said you got to believe the dream. Look at, look at Exodus 3.8 real quick. Uh, I, I have come down. This is, this is way ahead of here. I have come down to deliver them out of, the, out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land. It's good and large to a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, the Cellulite. He, he had already told them. He had already told them. They already, it was already written. I'm telling you, you're in. It's already written. I think one of of Mo's big mistakes is he sent 12 spies. Too many voices. Some of you guys, you just need to silence a bunch bunch of those voices and and just deal with that thing. Jump ahead 40 years, Joshua learned something. Look at Joshua 2.1, and look what he does. Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two. And he said, go view the land. Look at Jericho. He sent out two. Look at somebody, tell them, you only need two spies. No, tell them, you only need two. Look at Psalms 23, uh, verse 4 through 6. Uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 5, it says, you, you prepare a table. He's already prepared. He made ready in advance a table before me in the presence of my enemies. By the way, that's, that's not so you can eat. Just so you get this, how do you overcome evil? By doing good. You, you, you know what? Bless those who curse you, right? And, 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 and you're going to feed those. That, that table is to, so that you're prepared for adoptive family. And, and you, you anoint my head with oil. My cup's running over. Look at verse 6. Surely, goodness... And mercy, There's, here's the two spies you need. Here's the two reports you need to, you need to listen to. The, the goodness of God and the mercy of God. And, and let that report back to you about where you're headed and let God's goodness direct your step and let God's mercy strengthen you for the journey and you go after your dream. Amen, somebody? Come on, give God one more big praise this morning. Come on, somebody clap like you mean it. Thank him, thank him for your dream. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I want you to to close your book, bow your head, and we're going to pray a prayer in here real quick. And and listen, if you're in this room and and you're not 